Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, how you day? How are you all doing? Happy, happy holidays. You know, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're celebrating, I hope you're spending this moment being grateful, being reflective, and thinking ahead about how you are going to make an impact in the future. Because the idea of who you are and who you want to be, I always say are two of the most important questions. That's exactly what I do in the following speech. I recently got the opportunity to grace the stage at the NSLS national event. And I basically went through how you can answer these two important questions. Who are you and who do you want to be? My hope is that this 30 minutes or so gives you a moment to reflect on what it is that you feel like your mission is and your end goal is in the world. And I hope that you pass it on to your loved ones and people in your circle of influence. I love you all. Enjoy the speech. And please reach out to me with your thoughts via social media or email. I always love hearing from you. All right. Enjoy the episode. If your chair is turned away from the stage, now is a great time to just turn it towards the stage because you are not going to want to miss this next keynote presenter. And the reason I just asked you who is your spiciest, who, who's most likely to eat the, the spiciest food in your group or the hottest food is because our keynote speaker, I have all this amazing stuff I'm just going to share really quickly. Uh, he is a cultural translator, an author, a speaker, a podcaster, a writer, but he also, for fun, enters hot eating contest to see how hot the food can be before he eats it. He also, where my, who loves gummy bears? Just by show of hands, who loves gummy bears, right? Okay, set those hands down. Who loves spicy, uh, uh, spicy hot sauce? Where are you at? Now, who loves when you put gummy bears on spicy, uh, spicy hot sauce on gummy bears? Where are you at? <laughs> Three of you. Well, there is something I want you to know because uh, Teo Roxon is a fan of putting hot sauce on his gummy bears before he eats it. And if that's not enough, remember, he is a cultural translator. He is an author. He is a speaker. He is a podcaster. He is a writer. Please welcome to the stage one more for the, for the second keynote of our time here. Teo, please welcome Teo to the stage. Teo, Teo. Thank you. 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 And thank you for revealing my secret about spicy, hot gummy bears. And I uh, saw so one hand over there, and there was another hand over there. Don't knock it until you try it. How's everybody doing? I, I can do better than that. How is everybody doing today? Yeah! Okay, okay, okay. So, who am I and who do I want to become? These are two of the most important questions that you're going to ask yourself throughout the course of your life. The gap between who you are and who you want to become is essentially what life is all about. 
I liken these two questions to the life of a seed. Now, at first, when you think about seeds, they are pretty basic, you know, pretty ordinary looking. But inside a seed holds so much potential. I mean, without seeds, we don't have trees, we don't have fruits, we don't have life. But for the seeds to actually reach their potential, the right conditions have to be present. You need to have the right amount of sunlight, you need to have water, and then you need to have fertile soil. Now, with this analogy, I want to double down on it and talk about the life of a Chinese bamboo tree. When you think about a Chinese bamboo tree, it's the same sort of thing. They need the same amount of sunlight, they need the same amount of water, but how do we make sure that they actually get planted and get into the right environment? Because when you plant them the first year, there's no visible sign of growth. The second year is the same thing, still no growth above the ground. Third year, same thing. Fourth year, same thing. But in the fifth year, they shoot up to 80 to 90 feet in a span of five weeks. Now my question to you all is, did this Chinese bamboo tree grow in those five weeks or the four years before? Four years before. That same principle applies to each and every one of you here. Before they grew up to more than 15 versions of LeBron James stacked up in each other, they needed the same amount of nourishment. And that principle is what I want to talk about here today. I know some of you have a workbook there, and I'm going to be corny and use the acronym of SEED to actually impart that knowledge into you and talk about how you can nurture and make sure you have the seed of your life turn into the person you want to become. S is self-awareness. E is exposure. And uh, the second E is empower others. And D is don't give up hope. Now feel free to go along with the, you know, the presentation through the workbook, and there's going to be an opportunity for Q&A at the end. But I want to make sure that you do have a workbook that sort of maps out what you can do to plan your internal compass to the direction that you want to go. OK? You ready? Yeah. No, one person is ready? What happened to everybody else? <laughs> OK. So S, self-awareness. When I think about my journey to self-awareness, I go back to a specific time in my life. I was 10 years old, and my dad had just moved to Burkina Faso. My dad was a diplomat. And so I was this skinny Nigerian kid with a thick Nigerian accent in a French-speaking country in an American international school going through puberty. And in a place where everybody was different, I felt different. I mean, this was the first time I remember seeing white people outside of my television screen. I mean, before that, it was Friends and Power Rangers. And then after that, I started to see that. But I noticed something else that was uh, happening within me. I wanted to be everybody else but myself. I wanted to change my accent. I wanted to act like the funny kid in the school so I could be popular. I wanted to change the shows that I watched. I had people stop calling me Tayo because my last name was Roxon because I felt like that was easier and they kept butchering it. I wanted to be everybody but myself. And eventually, this got old because as you're the son of a diplomat, what happens is you move around often and every time you move, what I was doing was put in on a different person every time. It was the mask I was wearing. That got old. And so I started to tell myself that this is really exhausting, this is tiring, what can I do? I started to ask myself a series of questions. And those questions are the same questions I want, to ask, I want you to ask yourselves. What are your values and why? First question. Two is, how would you act if no one cared? And then the third one is, what do you want your legacy to be? 
I call these your legacy questions, and ideally you want to ask yourself these questions on a daily basis so that you constantly have a reminder of what your purpose is. But you don't just stop there. I think you should probe even further because I think asking the right questions can literally make the difference between good and bad or good and great in terms of your, how you uh, become the best version of yourself. The next series of probing questions would be, what do I do well? And I, I know Tom was asking you that earlier. What don't I do well? And then who and what do I need to be around in order to become the person I've set the legacy for? What do I do well? What don't I do well? And who do I need to become around uh, in order to become the best version of myself? Now, these are called your strategic questions. I say that you should ask yourself these questions because each and every one of you will be in environments where you'll be tempted to conform. You'll be tempted to fit in as opposed to fitting out. And people will want to Thanos snap your personality away or stomp it like Voldemort or Horcrux. But the, uh, the Harry Potter references, no one Harry Potter fan here? Raven, why are my Ravenclaws? Oh, wow. I'm a Ravenclaw. All of you are just Gryffindors? Yeah. Hufflepuffs? Slytherins? Back to the presentation. <laughs> uh, but each and every one of you will find yourself in positions where you are tempted to conform or tempted to fit in. And the thing for you would be you will be tempted because it'll be less questions. You feel you know, like it's less drama and you, you just wouldn't want to have to deal with the whole idea of having to be too extra or too little or too that. But Having the ability to reflect on these questions reminds you of how you can preserve your identity. Because at the end of the day, that is who you are. And that is the key to what you can become. Now, the thing about self-awareness, though, is that a lot of times I, what I've noticed is that many people don't have the uh, awareness of what exactly their skill set is and how that skill set can be matched with their passion and it ultimately turn into a career. And the reason that a lot of people don't know how to match their skill sets or their passions together is because they think about self-awareness from an internal lens. I want you all to expand that self-awareness and think about how you can add an external component to that. All those questions I asked you, the six questions I asked you, the legacy and the strategic questions, it's very important to not just stop at asking yourself that questions. You need to take it out above and ask people in your circle of influence your teachers, your old bosses, your best friends, your parents, anyone that has known you in some capacity. What do they think your values are and why? You know, what do they think you're good at? What do they think you're bad at? And who do they think you are behind closed doors? All these things give you an idea of not only who you are, but how others see you. And that understanding of who you are, how others see you, and how the impact of your presence affects others gives you a clue into exactly what you need to do in terms of exposing yourself to leadership. Now. Self-awareness, like I said, much like anything, has barriers. Everything has a, a barrier for growth. But one of the, the, two, the two barriers that I've noticed with self-awareness have to do with your internal bias as well as your triggers. How many of you know what unconscious bias is? What's unconscious bias? Um, it's the way that you absorb things around you mm -hmm. without necessarily knowing. Mm -hmm. In most cases, it has to do with um, various kinds of diversity. So um, the way that you 
you might interact with people around you based on the unconscious feelings or thoughts you might have about that person for a specific identity they might hold. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of you, sometimes the extreme versions are maybe someone's crossing the street if they see you in a hoodie, or maybe you feel like women can't drive, or you feel like men are too violent, or all those type of things. And the thing with biases, though, is that we do have a lot of those biases about ourselves. And the way our mental capacity works, it operates under two systems, system one and system two. System one is where a lot of the unconscious things happen, and system two is where a lot of the conscious things happen. When you think about uh, unconscious, you know how to automatically brush your teeth or how to stop at a red light. Those are the things that are operating there because you don't even have to think about that. You just know, I'm sitting down here, I'm walking here. What, how does that happen? Your biases form at the age of three, but what also happens is that we live in a world where we've become way more conditioned as opposed to intentional. The reason you believe a lot of what you believe today is because of something you were told or taught, but not a lot of people have critically thought through how they got those thoughts in their head. Those thoughts, and some of those thoughts, happen to be about ourselves. Many times you catch yourself saying, I'm just bad at this. I suck at this, I'm horrible at this, I will never do this. I can never ever, you know, I'm a Slytherin, I can never ever be friends with a Gryffindor. It's not true, but <laughs> those type of things happen. And here, as you're working through your self-awareness, it's very, very important to understand just how you're filtering thoughts through your head. And the, the best way to do this is to become more intentional. Every single day, what are the intentional ways you're going to actively live out all those things you wrote out in those lists? The more you do that, the more you're going to find yourself working through those negative uh, internal dialogue that you're having about yourself. Because what your brain is going to do is it's just going to process everything that you sort of tell yourself that you're good at or you're bad at, and it's going to operate that way. But if you start feeding and informing your brain and saying, hey, I'm actually you know, better at this, and I'm going to make sure I practice this on a daily basis, your brain is going to get to a point where it's automatically making that a habit for you. And that's one of the best things to work on. So work on moving from conditional to intentional. And the second barrier to self-awareness has to do with your triggers. How many of you notice you know, when someone walks into a room and you start scrunching up or you start getting angry or you just find your heart rate growing up and down because something about that person or environment really triggers you? OK. I heard up here, up here. Uh, no one in the back, right? No one has ever been triggered in the back. <laughs> Everybody gets triggered. And your triggers are your body and your emotions giving you clues about what things are that bother you, all right? The thing about triggers, is though, triggers though, is that we don't actually work through those triggers. A lot of times when we wonder why we snapped or why we got angry, it's because we haven't worked through a trigger. Why does someone uh, bother you? Why does an event bother you? Why does a word trigger you? How do you work through those moments? Your self-awareness is not just something that's just something that you, you, know, you do once or you do twice or you do three times. It's something that you have to practice on a daily basis. But understanding your triggers gives you an instinct into how you can actually make environments safe for yourself, one, but also connect with others and correct others about how to maybe inform, you know, work with you or work with others like you. Understand how to work through those triggers really, really helps you make sure that you don't let your, your stories about yourself be limited, okay? You know, tr for me, a particular trigger for me was when someone would be condescending. A lot of my life, I told you, was about trying to fit into different parts of the world and I had this huge identity crisis. And so when I saw that happening, I would always get really, really bothered. And so what I ended up doing was figuring out how and why those things bothered me and then turning that into a plan for others to understand that, hey, we need to learn how to make more safe spaces for everybody else. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Understand your triggers and understand your biases. The idea of self-awareness is, is, uh, is, is not something that I, I want you all to take lightly. Now, one of my favorite authors, Robert Greene, says, in order for you to be yourself, you need to know yourself. And so I want you to practice knowing yourself. So then we move to E. E, the first E, is exposure. Now that you've figured out what exactly it is that you, know, you, you, know, you are, maybe you're good at, it's time to sketch a plan for growth. How exactly can you expose yourself to different places and different environments? First thing I want you all to do is to create five lists. What are the five books or five to ten books that you're going to read that are centered around your areas of interest? What are the podcasts that you can subscribe to that are centered around your areas of, uh, of interest? Same thing with the videos and, and movies and any video or other content, streaming content rather. What are those, con- those pieces of content that are centered around areas of interest? And then the fourth and fifth have to do with the influencers and the programs that coaches offer. The idea here is essentially creating your board of mentors. The reason why I'm saying you should create a board of mentors is is not only because they provide you accountability, but you can also learn from where others have been in places that you want to be at. You know, when you want to be a a professional speaker, you look at speakers you admire. When you want to work on being a stand-up comic, you have all these stand-up comics that you admire. You pick things and things that you like and things that you don't like. But you want to essentially create a plan where you are being mentored from afar. Many people have this false idea that if you don't have a physical mentor, you don't have uh, a mentor at all. You can be mentored from physical and non-physical areas. But making sure that you have this intentional plan is going to make sure that your growth accelerates a lot quicker than you actually think. Because the quickest way to grow is when you have someone to keep you accountable, one, but when you're also doing it with someone else. Plan your sketch for growth. Now, for me, the thing that I wanted to be good at was cross-cultural communications. Cross-cultural communications and understanding how to communicate with impact. And so I did everything that I told you all to do, created those five lists. And in the process of doing that, I ended up launching my own podcast. And what I was doing with the podcast was I would bring on people that had the answers to the question that I had. And the question that I've had for most of my life is, why do you know, people you know, act like their view is the best view? How come, we can, how come it's hard for people to understand how to create inclusive environments for people that are different from them? I wanted to make sure I brought people that embraced different identities and talked about what they did 
in order to make sure that they preserve their identity while living in different environments. And throughout that process, as I was investigating and bringing on people, I started to come up with my own processes and my own workshops. And those workshops led to a consultant firm, which led to my career here today. But understanding your processes, understanding your areas of your passion, understanding what you can learn from people while infusing your own personality into that is a very, very key opponent into the exposure plan. Now, the other part of exposure is making sure that you are open-minded, all right? You know, people with fixed mindsets seek to validate themselves, and people with growth mindsets seek to develop themselves. People with growth mindsets seek to develop themselves, and people with fixed mindsets seek to validate themselves. Also, people with limited worldviews live in echo chambers, and people with expanded worldviews make sure that they expose themselves to different environments so that they can take in different pieces of information. No matter what your passion is, make sure you're not living in a bubble. It could be art, it could be politics, it could be anything, but expose yourself to different people and different environments because you're, gonna, you're not only gonna learn something about yourself that's different, but you're also gonna learn how others see the world, which is very, very important. Too many people make decisions on others based on their own lens and not on how the others see the world. That's why we have policies about women being made by men. That's why we have policies uh, about different parties being made by other parties. How do you know how other people see the world if you haven't had conversations with them? You don't even necessarily have to agree with the person, but you do have to have an understanding of the other person. And the way you see the world ultimately depends how you, um, um, factors into how you are perceived, one, but it also shows up in how people see you in, 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 in the world, but also how you see yourself, rather. And so how do you make sure that your worldview reflects who you are? It's by exposing yourself not only to mentors from afar, but also to other worldviews and making sure that that person is something you're proud of, someone you're proud of. So that's the first E. The second E is empower others. Now, empowering others has to do with giving back all that knowledge that you just attained. So you just work through your self-awareness and you expose yourself to different parts of the world or you know, different types of people that are similar or different in your field of interest. How can you now give, back, you know, give that back to your community or to people that you feel like you want to lead? This is an essential aspect of leadership, empowering others. It's how your legacy is defined. It's what people will discuss on your deathbed. You know, on your deathbed, they're going to be like, this is how this person made me feel, and this is how this person made me feel in a negative way. But speaking of deathbeds, I thought I met mine in August 22, 2012. I was living in Virginia at the time, and I was 22 years old. I was driving my burgundy Toyota Camry. At the, uh, at the time, and I was cruising on, on, the, you know, on the highway. I got to the part where the road merged into the highway, and I accelerated, and then I got in my lane, 60 miles an hour, I followed the rules, and I was cruising, boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, my lane got caught into half, and I was swerving out of the way so I wouldn't get hit. But in the process, I smashed into left guardrail. One car, two cars, right guardrail, back to left guardrail. Hit it with such impact, the car lifts up, it's perpendicular. I'm 22 years old, and my life is flashing before my eyes, and the only thought that came to my head was, have you done everything you said you were gonna do? Have I done everything I said I was gonna do? I was this kid who grew up in two military dictatorships, five countries, four continents, I was gonna show the world how to create an inclusive environment, and here I was in a job I hated, 
because I let the story of that job define me and about to face my death, 22 years old. Have I done everything I said I was going to do? Adrenaline kicked in. Somehow the car came back down. It didn't flip over the bridge, and I hit the brake. Somehow I managed to get out of the car. And as soon as I got out of the car, I was unscathed. Miracle. Car was totaled. But I was standing on the highway, and if you were with me, you would have seen zoom, 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 cars, two other cars hit, debris. But I was there, unharmed. And that moment with my mortality reminded me of what exactly life can be if you don't live it in an intentional way. We think tomorrow is promised, but it isn't. We think we have more time than we do, but we don't. So what exactly are you doing with the amount of time that you have here? You know, if your goal is to empower others, and everybody's goal should be empowering others, regardless of what career you're doing, how are you making sure that, one, you are knowing who you are and what it is that you want to do, exposing yourself to the, the ultimate sense of passion that you want to be and who the leaders are, but also finding people that you can empower. Because I can guarantee you that each and every one of you is going to find yourself in a position where you're a leader. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an older or younger sibling. You could be a, a team leader. You could be a conference planner. You could be a parent. You could be a friend. You're going to find yourself in a position where you are leading someone or someone is watching you to see how they can act because you are someone's, you're in someone's circle of influence. But when that time comes for you, are you going to be able to actually give something that's of value to that person, consciously or unconsciously? Who are you going to fight for? Who is the person that you want to stand up for? Who? I hope you write those down in, 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 in the, in the uh, publication. And the last thing has to do with D. Don't give up hope. Now, the reason I say don't give up hope is because breaking news, failure is inevitable. Everyone here is going to fail if you haven't already at some point in your life. It is inevitable. It's going to happen. But here's the thing. Failure doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And I've had my very fair share of uh, dalliances with this big F word. When I was 21, graduated from um, college with uh, cum laude, but I, I, you know, I applied to over 85 jobs and they all said no. And I'm not a citizen in this country, so what I had to do was find a job that would give me a visa. And that's how I got into a job that I, I knew that I didn't want, but I just took the job because it was giving me a visa. But after 85 jobs, I, I figured out I would just give up my dreams. At 22, I got into that car accident that I, I told you that I, um, I survived. And then at 23, when I decided I needed to change my environment, I applied to multiple schools in New York and for my MBA. And all the schools I wanted to said no. And the school that I got into conditionally accepted me. They said, well, your GMAT's low. We'll give you a chance. Just take these three classes. If not, get back home. I got conditionally accepted at 23. 25, I got fired for the first time. My, my job here. 27, I got fired for the second time. And now I'm 30, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a job that allows me to have a business in um, you know, 150 countries, but also allows me to do what I love and you know, consulting and writing and, and podcasting at capacity. But I say all this just to point out to you that the idea of getting to who you want to become is not going to be the smooth road. It's going to be windy. It's going to be bumpy. But not giving up hope is essential because 
If you do give up hope, there is no one else that will remind you of your greatness other than you if you don't do that on a, on a daily basis. And so, failure, like I said, doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. When you fail, it's an event. You know, the, 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 the idea is, what, what failure does is, it, it's, it's not you that's actually suffering, it's your ego that suffers. I'm gonna say that again. When you fail, it's not you, to, it's not you that's suffering, it's your ego that suffers. Two different things, but how can you work on your mindset in such a way that you adopt what my favorite leader, Nelson Mandela, says? I never lose, I only win or learn. Because as Ray Dalio says, pain plus reflection equals progress. You can't eat the fruit the same day the seed is planted. So if any of you here is struggling with failure, struggling with something that you are maybe you know, dealing with in, in a way where you feel like you can't find hope in any way, I encourage you to write you know, a list of all your blessings. What are the things that you feel grateful for? You can, if you have to go back to five years old, that's fine. But what are the things that you feel grateful for? At the very least, you feel grateful to be alive because I don't see any zombies or ghosts here right now. I didn't bring my ghost glasses, so I can't see the other ghosts. But each and every one of you here is alive in some capacity. And the fact that you're alive is something to be grateful for. The other list that you should create is a list of things you need to forgive yourself of. This is possibly even more important. What are things that you feel are, are holding back? What are things that you feel like you did to deserve the life you live in right now? Many times we put so much um, uh, unconscious burden in ourselves because we feel like we deserve something we did for because of an action we took. You do deserve redemption, but what is the thing that you need to forgive yourself of and let go of in order for you to fully actualize? What is that thing? What are those things? They say, and unexamined life is a life not worth living. And so my question to you all today is this. How many of you are openly dying while you're awake? How many of you are openly dying while you're awake? If you were trying to expose yourself or expand yourself to the person that you could be, I encourage you all to really, really reflect on who it is that you think you can ultimately be, who you think that first best version of yourself is through self-awareness. I encourage you to expose yourself to different worldviews and different mindsets so that you can feed that curiosity because curiosity is something that's always going to be hungry. And I encourage you all to figure out how to give that back in some way, whether it's in your community, whether it's in your family, give that back. And I encourage you all to remind yourself that even in those lowest of low moments, there is a point in your life where you can give yourself hope by remembering that one, you're alive, and two, you did have a plan to get to somewhere you want to become. Who you are and who you want to become are two of the most important questions you're going to ask yourself in your life. The gap between these two is essentially what life is all about. My goal here for you is that you do end up getting much closer to that person that you want to become or even become that person. And I want you all to do that by learning how to use your differences to make a difference. Thank you very much. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.